Okay, German military preparing for a potential war with Russia. Leaked internal report reveals. Germany's top newspaper, the Die Spiegel, obtained a leaked confidential strategy paper that reveals the country's military is preparing for a potential war with Russia. Germany, the German military, the the Bundeswehr, released the, the secret 68-page document internally in September. The Bundeswehr's chief inspector general, Edhard Zorn, warned that Germany could be attacked, and he proposed plans for a future armed conflict with Russia. The report claims that German Germany faces existential threats. The document opened stating, war in Europe is a reality again. It predicts that the most likely scenario would be a conflict with Russia on NATO's eastern flank. Der Spingel noted that the strategy paper stresses the need for deterrence. In the past few decades, the German military has focused on small specialized units, but this report says he, the armed forces will now prioritize training large units that are always ready for war. The document reaffirms the British's commitment to the U.S.-led NATO cartel, but also makes it clear that Berlin is beginning to consider its own strategic autonomy independent of Washington. Dear Spingel summarized the document as an outline for a mega reform of the armed forces. The Germany, the Germany newspaper has not translated the article into English, and the striking report got almost no coverage in English language press. Germany plans to become the world's third biggest military spender. As a member of NATO and the de facto leader of the European Union, Germany has played a significant role in the Western proxy war on Russia that began in 2014 when a U.S.-sponsored coup d'etat violently overthrew Ukraine's democratically elected neutral government and installed a staunchly anti-Russian pro-Western regime. This U.S.-backed touched set off a civil war in Ukraine. In an attempt to end the violence, Germany and France helped Ukraine negotiate the Minsk Second Accord with Russia in 2015. Berlin was supposed to guarantee that Kyiv implemented the agreement, but Ukraine refused to do so, and Washington discouraged it from meeting, from meeting its political obligations. Germany and France were generally seen as less hawkish against Russia than the United States, but when Russia invaded Ukraine in February 2022, the situation changed completely. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz described this escalation of the proxy war as a turning point for Europe. In um, his government promptly embarked on the first substantial remilitarization of the country since the end of the first Cold War. Scholz announced his administration would create a hundred billion special defense fund in addition to the ballooning German military budget of 50 billion per year. In June, Germany's parliament, the, Bund the Bundestag, approved this special fund. Reuters reported that Germany, Germany plans to devote at least 2% of its GDP to its military expenditure, making it the world's first biggest military spender behind the United States and China. Germany's military budget is expected to grow to nearly 60 billion by 2030, more than 70 billion by 2024, and eventually 80 billion by 2030. Germany military expands its role in NATO. With the proxy war in Ukraine heating up, Germany is also playing a more active role in NATO. The New York Times reported in June that the US military is using 
bases in Germany to train Ukrainian troops, and German Germany became home to a coalition cell of Western militaries planning the proxy war on Russia. Shortly after Russia invaded Ukraine in February, the U.S. Army's 10th Special Forces Group, which before the war had been training Ukrainian commandos at a base in the country's west, quietly established a coalition planning cell in Germany to coordinate military assistance to Ukraine commandos and other European troop, um, Ukrainian troops. The cell has now grown to 20 nations. In September, Germany spent, sent more troops to a permanent NATO deployment in Lithuania, a former member of the Soviet Union that is close to the border with Russia. In October, Berlin initiated a NATO military exercise in Lithuania, which will involve roughly 5,000 German troops. All right, this is from NATO on Twitter. With over 200 troops and 50 vehicles deployed in Lithuania, the new German Enhanced Vigilance Brigade will play a significant part in defending every inch of NATO territory. Germany remilitarizes with a hundred billion special budget. The remilitarization of Germany in, is bipartisan and has the support of both the current centrist social democratic government as well as the right-wing opposition. German state media outlet DW explained in June, the government has joined forces with, its, with the main opposition parties to change the constitution and allow a hundred billion, 107 billion an additional debt to upgrade the military and unprecedented occurrence in the history of the Federal Republic. It comes on top of this year's record defense budget of $50.4 billion and will be spent over the next five years. DW noted that this military spending is in addition to the billions of euros worth of support that Germany has provided to Ukraine in the proxy war with Russia. The only major political party that opposes the remilitarization of Germany is the socialist D-Link left party, DW reported. The left party in Germany is the country's only major political camp to fundamentally reject the Bundesverse's additional funding. It calls the special fund a cornerstone for a permanent militarization in Germany. In Germany. The purchase of the nuclear bombers like the F-35 new tank systems and armed drones is spending is sending, I'm sorry, is sending the stock prices and profits of the major arms makers soaring, says Seven Dagdelen, a spokeswoman for international politics of the left party's parliamentary group. Meanwhile, she says poverty is on the rise in Germany. I, I mean, I'm you were putting all this money into, you know, a potential war with Russia and your people are starving, it would be best and it would be in their best interest to try to make peace with Russia and to worry about the poor in your, you know, in your country since there's a, a world recession on the rise, okay? Food, food, food prices on the rise and um, possible, you know, people may not have heat for the winter. According to DW, 41 billion of this special fund will go to the Bundeswehr's Air Force, which plans to buy CH-47 Chinook helicopters from the U.S. corporations Boeing and F-35 fighters just from Lockheed Martin, as well as the Eurofighter Typhoon combat aircraft from pan-European company Airbus. War definitely is a lucrative business. Germany has already ordered Heron TP armed drones from Israel. The Bundeswehr's Navy will receive 19 billion 
to monetize its forces with U-12 submarines and other combat boats. The Venezuela's ground forces were designated $17 billion to buy armored personnel carriers and more combat vehicles, including potential, including potentially tanks. Germany currently has troops in Mali as part of the United Nations mission in West Africa, although Berlin has claimed it will withdraw them by 2024. I don't know, man. I really think Germ, uh, <laughs> you know, Germany's making a mistake. You know, Russia has nukes, and they could turn off your gas. And Germany's not doing too well. Not a good move. Definitely not a good move. All right. And plus, you got to deal with this when it comes to the U.S. Um, being short on their weapons. And the U.S. thinks they could go against Russia. Not with all these weapons you're just giving away to Ukraine like Girl Scout cookies. Not a chance. Not a chance at all. Second, here we go. Nearly 10 months ago, a full-scale war in Europe is something the Western allies could not have anticipated. But today, the ongoing Russian war in Ukraine is the primary cause of domestic and international woes for European nations. Despite problems at home, the United States and its allies have been backing Ukraine not just in words, but also in action by supplying ammunition and defense equipment. But now, when the war is in its 10th month, the United States and its European allies are struggling to continue to provide artillery and ammunition to Ukraine, while also scrambling to replenish NATO's stockpiles. Now, Washington is falling short on weapons to provide Kiev and is unwilling to divert weapon exports from delicate regions like Taiwan and South Korea, where China and North Korea are constantly testing its limits. The U.S. is looking at supplying older and cheaper weapons, which would be easier to export. The West is encouraging Ukraine to be more efficient with artillery and not to fire a $150,000 missile at a $20,000 drone. The U.S. military is concerned about the shortage of the 155mm artillery shells and has limited the number of guided rockets, rocket launchers and howitzers. Analysts say it will take up to five years to replenish the stock of the 155mm shells. Now, the U.S. military is concerned about the shortage of these artillery shells and has limited the number of the guided rockets, rocket launchers and howitzers. NATO has shown interest in investing in old factories in the Czech Republic, Slovakia and Bulgaria. This is to restart the manufacturing of the Soviet caliber 152mm and the 122mm shells for the Ukraine's Soviet-era artillery armory. Although NATO countries have provided Western artillery to Ukraine, such as the standard 155mm shells, many nations cannot sell arms to a country which were produced by another country for war. An example is when the Swiss denied Germany's permission to export Ukraine 
the ammunition made by Switzerland and sold to Germany. Countries have provided large funds for the war in Ukraine. France has delivered several advanced weapons and funded about $208 million to Ukraine for the purchase of arms. But France flushed out up to 20% of its existing artillery and is now reluctant to provide more. The European Union has approved up to $3.2 billion to member states for, for providing... I see no point in sending all this money to one small country that is not going to win against Russia. They're not going to win. ...hiding Ukraine with supplies. But the European Peace Facility Fund is already 90% depleted. NATO countries have delivered weaponry costing up to $40 billion. This is about the size of France's annual defense budget. NATO officials say the amount of artillery being used is staggering as Ukrainians fire up to 7,000 artillery rounds each day. And its ally, the United States, only produces 15,000 rounds each month. But Ukraine still remains desperate for air defense against Russian missiles and Iranian-made drones. Russia is also facing depleting stocks of artillery. Moscow is trying to ramp up the military production as the country fires up to 40,000 rounds per day. It is planning to buy missiles from North Korea and cheaper drones from Iran. Now, for more on this, we are being joined live by Peter Klepp, who is the editor-in-chief of Brussels Report and policy analyst for the EU Brexit and Eurozone. Thank you for being with us. The United States and European allies are struggling. They are scrambling to continue to provide artillery and ammunition support, while also scrambling to replenish the NATO stockpile. Take us through the latest. Uh, well, basically, the latest is that uh, arms manufacturers in, in the West, in, in Europe and the United States, are planning to dramatically scale up uh, production in order to uh, deal with the constraints that you've managed, uh, that you've mentioned. Um, so, indeed, um, the problem is indeed that, uh, that the war in Ukraine is, of course, requiring uh, from the Ukrainian side a lot of uh, ammunition, weaponry of all sorts. Uh, so this is uh, this is posing a, a massive challenge, of course, uh, given how intense the conflict is. Uh, what we see is that uh, the problem is um, is there for both sides. Uh, Russia is also struggling. It's now even uh, dropping um, uh, rockets, uh, just like that, uh, hoping that this will also uh, you know inflict damage on Ukraine, also to try try to sort of divert and and distract uh, the the radar systems. Uh, so um, I think it's clear that that Russia is also badly struggling, even as you mentioned, has to resort to Iranian. Uh, drones of very low quality uh, of uh, North North Korean um, weaponry. So, so in a, in a way, this is a proxy war going on between the West and and Russia. I mean, the West is not in war with Russia. Let's be very clear about that. But it is in a kind of a proxy war in the sense that it is supporting uh, the Ukrainian side. Now, apart from the sort of the logistical limits that you have highlighted in your uh, report. There are also political limits set on weapon support to Ukraine. Uh, the West uh, and definitely the United States wants to avoid 
uh, to tangle up in a direct conflict with, with Russia. So it therefore has, uh, you know, uh, prevented uh, the Ukrainian army from receiving certain uh, military capabilities, including certain, um, um, you know, anti-aircraft uh, systems. Right. Now, the West is also encouraging Ukraine to be more efficient with the artillery they have. NATO officials say that the amount of artillery being used is up to 7,000 artillery round each day. And it's ally the United States, we've just heard, only produces about 15,000 rounds each month. Yes, uh, exactly. So uh, in order to deal with that, uh, I think the West is more than happy to try to uh, step up the plate and is urging uh, weapon manufacturers to, you know, uh, to, to step up uh, their production. Um, I would say the, the real, uh, I mean, this is more like a technical challenge. Indeed, it's possible that there may be some delays that at some point the Ukrainian military may be constrained to a certain degree. Uh, but um, the biggest worry um, on the Ukrainian side is that uh, the West is not sufficiently quickly uh, in uh, providing tanks uh, to the Ukrainian military. And secondly, uh, is uh, not sufficiently quickly or has been too late, according to the Ukrainians, in providing, uh, you know, um, defense systems against the missiles uh, being sent uh, from Russia. The concern among Ukrainians is also that they are not allowed uh, to use the weapons uh, on Russian territory. Now, of course, this makes a lot of sense from the Western European and American side, because the last thing we want is that Ukrainians uh, use their weapons to attack uh, Russian territory. However, the Ukrainian argument is that, look, um, a lot of these mis missiles are being sent from Russian territory. So how do you uh, expect us to defend ourselves if we are not allowed to use your weaponry to target uh, those uh, those installations. So it's it's not easy, um, but uh, I think ultimately, um, you know, these are discussions that will will uh, that are taking place. And um, I think uh, I can see I can see the West moving its limits. At the, it may, its main concern is to make sure that Ukraine uh, continues to only use its weaponry to defend itself and is not uh, using its weaponry for some kind of uh, vengeance actions against civilians in Russia, for example, because this may then, you know, uh, drive Russia to uh, to declare uh, that the West is in war with Russia. And that's something that uh, uh, Western Europe and the United States. How many of you all think that Ukraine won't stoop that low? They already stooped that low, the Ukrainian military, to brutalize and, some, and even kill uh, Russian prisoners that they capture, be bashing their heads in with a sledgehammer. How many of you all think that Ukraine won't stoop that low to go and attack uh, Russian civilians? Oh, yes, they would. Oh, yes, they would. States want to prevent uh, at all costs. Okay. Moving on to the next one. Okay. I'm talking about the winter now, <clears throat> how the winter will play a, uh, a role for Ukraine now. 
Fair use, fair use. Russia's war, and the last time children in this village came to class. Blast waves caused damage, but the school stood firm, becoming a place of safety instead of study, as Russian forces took over Snihurivka in southern Ukraine. The deputy headmistress showed us the basement where families took shelter. Oh, wow. So how many people slept here? She said it was around 400 adults and children. Some only came at night, others stayed all the time. The last two guests only ventured home a couple of days earlier, more than a week after Ukrainian troops liberated the village as part of a major counteroffensive. And how, how does it feel coming back here now? Мені не хочеться, щоб більше люди взагалі жили в підвалах. Ви розумієте, щоб вони тут були. Деякі родини боялися, дійсно, і діти, і все було це жах. The focus now is on repairing the damage and at some point reopening. On a nearby street, more trauma. Lydia shows me where some kind of munition hit her home a few weeks back. It knocked the 82-year-old off her feet, banging her head. But she's not giving up. Resilience is a common theme across Ukraine, even as the war rages on. Reconstruction underway on this bridge in the town of Irpin, on the outskirts of Kyiv. It was destroyed as Russian forces tried and failed to capture the capital back in March. On Monday, a school in this town will finally reopen for the first time after being repaired. English classes among those ready to start. Немає світла, але є живе спілкування. Це саме головне. Якщо соціалізація, друзі, вчителі, це дуже велика значення для того, щоб діти повернулися, мають величезне бажання. But even as pupils return, they'll be on alert for new attacks. The reality of war, a classroom feature. Deborah Haynes, Sky News, Erpin. All right. So that's what they're dealing with right now. And um, like I said, this winter is going to be brutal. Hold on one second. One second. All right. There we go. Yeah. Sorry about that. But um, <clears throat> there's going to be a brutal winter. And um, Ukraine is losing men daily. Okay, they're not going to come out of this um, on top. They're already hiring mercenaries. It's it's not going to go well. And Russia will use the winter. I mean, it's war. What do you, what do you expect? Okay. This is war. It's not. It's not a sport. 
They'll use any advantage they have. Napoleon tried to come after Russia during the war, um, during winter, and it didn't look good for him. Russia turning winter into a weapon of mass destruction, Zelensky says. No, the winter's coming. Putin has no control over that. He just doesn't. Russia's persistent bombardment of Ukraine's energy infrastructure has raised the specter of a tumultuous winter of for, for civilians despite recent Ukrainian battlefield successes. Now on the eve of winter, we are facing one of the greatest threats since the beginning of an all-out war. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky said Tuesday the Kremlin has set the task of continuing the attacks on energy facilities to turn the cold winter into a weapon of mass destruction. Zelensky directed that warning to an assembly of mayors from across France and Ukrainian officials expand their appeal to for international aid to focus on not only on weaponry, but also hardware needed to insulate civilians from Russian ravaging of Ukrainian power plants. His message built on international alarm that this winter will be life-threatening for millions of people in Ukraine. As a senior World Health Organization official warned this week, half of Ukrainian energy infrastructure is either damaged or destroyed. The WHO, Henry, K. Henry P. Kludge, the regional director for Europe said Monday during a visit to Kyiv, who has so far verified 703 attacks on health since the war began nine months ago. This is a breach of international humanitarian law and the rules of war. Continuing act attacks on health and energy and infrastructure mean hundreds of hospitals and healthcare facilities are no longer fully operational, lacking fuel, water, and electricity to meet basic needs. Okay, but you guys were happy to blow up the Crimea Bridge and you're not you didn't think that Putin would not be ruthless. <clears throat> Those bombardments have left 10 million Ukrainians without power. He added, although Ukrainian officials say they have 70 maintenance crews. Okay, sorry for hold on one minute. Okay, screened the screen just all right. Here we are. They have 70 maintenance crews and over a thousand qualified specialists working to conduct repairs where necessary. To put it simply and briefly, there are substations and networks that transport electricity between the power plant that produces electricity and our homes as end consumers. Russian terrorists strike at these facilities, Ukrainian Prime Minister Denis Shimel said Tuesday in an address to the Ukrainian parliament. Because of this, it's sometimes impossible to transport large amounts of electricity to certain regions or districts. Therefore, the restrictions are uneven across the country. Ukraine's energy infrastructure follows a Soviet-era design, giving Russia's military tacticians a clear understanding of the most valuable targets. These strikes are not aimed at generating facilities to prevent us from producing electricity, but at connecting systems tied to the Ukrainian energy system. Um, tech CEO Matkism Tyshenko, whose Kyiv-based company is the company is the country's largest private energy corporation, said in October. I think the Russian military consults their power engineers and they explain how to cause maximum harm to the energy system. Well, what do you expect? This is war. And like I said, Putin is going to use every resource and advantage that he has. Ukrainian officials are trying to reinforce that Soviet-era 
with Soviet era system with a layer of points of invincibility, as Zelensky referred to the new energy models. As of this day, more than 4,000 such points have already been prepared and more planned, he said in his regular in his regular address. If massive Russian strikes take place again, and if there is an understanding that the electric, electricity supply cannot be restored within hours, the work, the work of points of invincibility will be activated. All basic services will be there, including electricity, mobile communications and internet, heat, water, and a first aid kit, absolutely free and 24 seven. Russia's bombardments have been enabled by shipments of Iranian drones, a collaboration that has increased the Ukrainian need for air defense systems, even as Russia missile stockpiles seem to run low. Weapons remain a top priority for diplomats with the shift of the aggressive state to missile terror against our towns and people. This work has become even more urgent. Ukrainian Foreign Minister Dmitry Kibula said Tuesday, remember a few months ago, everyone said that the use of Nason's anti-aircraft missile system in Ukraine was impossible. But during the last Russian missile attack on November 15th, NASAMs were not only in Ukraine, but also successfully destroyed all successfully destroyed all 10 targets out of 10 launches. Those surface to air missile systems were rushed to Ukraine in October after Russia began to target Ukrainian energy systems, even while yielding ground in the face of Ukrainian counteroffensive. In order to get through this winter and not allow Russia to turn the cold into a tool of terror, the subjugation, we need many things. From generators of various capacities to Starlink, Zelensky said, well, Elon Musk, I don't, he, he already gave that up, referring to the satellite communication system furnished by space industry mobile Elon Musk. For us, this is not just a matter of equipment. For Ukraine, this is protection against terror. Oh, man. Begging, 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 begging for more money, begging for more weapons, okay? And the United States military is really low on weapons, and you're asking others to donate as well, all right? But I'll say it. Might as well just pack it in and just say, you know, hand over Ukraine to Russia. Might as well do it. Because countries are just being drained. More money, more money, more money. After a while, you got to stop. But unfortunately, they're not going to stop. They're just going to keep on doing it. They're just going to keep on doing it. All right. It's another story. Okay. All right. IDF soldiers' actions in question and shooting of an autistic Palestinian teen. Army said Fola Mosalama was killed when a car she was in accelerated troops, accelerated toward troops, but driver's swift release indicates no serious suspicions, prosecutors said and said to order probe. The Israel Defense Forces has released from custody a 26-year-old Palestinian who was suspected of trying to ram Israeli troops in the West Bank earlier this month. In an incident that led troops to shoot and kill a 15-year-old autistic Palestinian girl who was in the car 
with him at the time. Fululu Masama was shot by soldiers near the Ramallah on November 14th. The military said that the car she was in, in had accelerated towards the troops, but the driver and his Hassanas released from custody a few days later indicates that the military has quickly ruled out by laying intent, raising questions as to the soldier's conduct. Hussan 26 from Palestinian town of Bitunia was also injured in the incident and was taken by troops to Jerusalem's Sher Zadik Medical Center for treatment. During his inter interrogation, he insisted he had no intention of ramming the troops. Palestinian news outlets citing witnesses have claimed the car was moving slowly when soldiers opened fire. And according to a Friday report by the Hearts Daily, military prosecutors have ordered an investigation into the incident. In an interview with the Hearts, Malasama's family said the teenager who was an who was on the autism spectrum had been missing for a few hours before they were notified of her death. They said they were not sure how she ended up in her son's car. He said she'd hitched a ride with him. Melisama, who would sometimes leave the house late at night without notifying her parents, could not differentiate between day and night, her sister said. According to Hassana, Melisama was standing at the side of the road and asked him to give her a ride. I was on my way home from a get-together at 3 a.m., he told Haratza. I saw her at the side of the road. I didn't know even know her name. She said she was from Albert, and I wanted to, and wanted to go home. According to the military troops who were operating in Bitunia at the time, ordered Hassana to stop, and that the car then stopped for a few moments before accelerating towards them. Hassana denied this, saying that she, he was not told to stop and was surprised by the gunshots. I didn't even see any soldiers, he said. Why this happened? Why was I shot? The IDF has also suggested that Hassana may have been intoxicated at the time, as he claimed that he has denied. I'll tell you now, man. I'm telling you right now. That Talmud is what governs the mindset of many... Uh, Israeli Jews, how they think of Gentiles. And that's why they did what they did. Okay? That's why they did that. I feel sorry for the family. I hope somehow they're able to get justice, even though the Israeli government, you know, like I said, with that Talmud, um, they could get away with killing people who are not Jewish. Okay. I remember a story, and I was, I've told it before. I remember a story about an Israeli medic who let a Palestinian boy bleed out. Okay. Nothing happened to him. Then he decided to go from mosque to mosque and shoot up Muslims, kill Muslims. One mosque he went to, the gun jammed, and the Muslims that were wounded, they had overpowered him and they killed him. The Israeli government tried to keep that a secret. But it ended up getting, um, it ended up getting out to mainstream media, and there was a backlash for that. But still, to this day, that Israeli medic is looked upon as a hero in the Israeli community, even though he was a murderer. All right, next story. This one is about our favorite talkative person. 
Kanye West. Okay, here we go. All right. So people are talking about how should Kanye be canceled? All right. Fair use. Let's get into it. The move costing Ye his billionaire status. His net worth dropped to 400 million after Adidas dropped him. How could the richest black man ever be humbled other than to be made to not be a billionaire in front of everyone off of one comment? Well, that one comment has caused the world to come crashing down on Kanye West, also known as Ye. The hip-hop star is in enormous trouble after making disparaging remarks about Jewish people, claiming they had exploited him and other famous African-Americans for years. His accusations were called anti-Semitic, hate speech, and some even accused him of threatening to kill Jews. As a result, almost every single business associated with him, including Adidas and Gap, have cut ties with the artist, costing him an estimated $2 billion. It is a very sensitive story with lots of claims and counterclaims, so here's a quick reminder of how we got here. Kanye West. Kanye West. Kanye West, one of the most famous and influential artists in the world, has been causing global outrage. Companies are severing ties with Ye, the artist formerly known as Kanye West. Kanye has been problematic in terms of his rhetoric for a very long time. Until recently, Okay. Gap, Balenciaga, they have all cut ties with Kanye. Apple is limiting access to his music, and his talent agency, CAA, the world's biggest, has dropped him as a client. Meanwhile, Twitter and Instagram locked his accounts for a while at least. Even a visit to Skechers went disastrously wrong. He showed up uninvited at the Skechers store in Manhattan Beach, and was promptly kicked out of the building. All of this is feeding the satirists who have taken the chance to add insult to injury. It took Adidas so many days to decide not to work with them. I mean, he walked in and we were like, bye, bye-bye, uh, door. So why then have these companies and Silicon Valley turned on one of their biggest earners? It wasn't because he said, Outrageously, slavery is a choice, or because he claimed that George Floyd died of a drugs overdose. It has little to do with how he offended many of his fellow African-Americans. It has got everything to do with his incendiary remarks about Jews. What he is saying is, is it's just, you, it's you, full of hate. It, I mean, it's there's terrible. no way around it's it. It's terrible, it's terrible, and I don't even want to repeat it all. This whole saga began when fellow rapper P. Diddy criticized Ye for wearing a White Lives Matter t-shirt in a fashion show. I will always support my brother. Kanye is a free thinker. But the White Lives Matter t-shirt, I don't rock with it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not with it. Ye hit back by suggesting that Diddy was controlled by Jews, texting him, I'm going to use you as an example to show the Jewish people that told you to call me that no one can threaten or influence me. Having uploaded that message to Instagram, Ye switched to Twitter to say, I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. 
Now, Ye subsequently said he meant to use the word deaf, meaning defense and not death. But this clarification came too late. Twitter and Instagram locked his accounts, and many in the mainstream media, including one of CNN's Jewish anchors, Jake Tapper, expressed their disgust. Kanye wasn't blocked from Twitter and Instagram because he challenged critical race theory or vaccine mandates. It was because he threatened to kill Jews. With the mainstream media uniformly against Kanye, the beleaguered hip-hop star mounted his own defense on conservative TV and with channels on YouTube. Are, are, the, are the people, the Jewish businessmen that led me to that place, are they sorry for the way they raped my I don't people? know who you're talking about in particular, but I don't know why you keep having to say and they're by Jewish. The way, you wouldn't, what is the fact they're Jewish got to do with anything? Why what, do you keep doing that? What do you that? mean? They're the Jewish businessmen that did that. Because they're business they people. Are. That's what they did. Why do you keep saying Jewish business people? 90% of black people in entertainment, from sports to music to acting, are in some way tied into Jewish business people. It's a person, not Jewish. Let me just say one they, thing. But they are, though. That's the only thing. It just so happens that they are. Despite Ye's attempt to explain his position, it's very unlikely his former business partners are going to reconcile with him anytime soon, which Kanye says proves his point exactly. What's happening right now is I'm being humbled. Another thing that's happening is by me being uh, burned to the flesh every single day, it's actually proving, uh, it's actually proving what I had to say. As we just heard in that report, he tweeted he was going to go DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. He says what he actually meant to say was DEFCON 3, which, if you look it up, is a US military term meaning a heightened defense level. Ye says he just spelt it incorrectly and he has apologized. I will say I'm sorry for the people that I hurt with the DEFCON, the, the confusion that I call. I feel mm. like I call, I cause hurt and confusion. And I'm sorry for the families of the people that had nothing to do with the, the trauma that I had been through. Well, even though he's apologized for that specific tweet, Ye maintains that he is making some legitimate complaints, which he will continue to make no matter the cost to him. His main points are, in his words, Jewish people run Hollywood, the music industry, and much of the sports industry. He alleges that Jewish businessmen have exploited him and many other African-American stars over the years. And he claims that, again, in his words, the Jewish media profit from the so-called trauma economy by focusing their coverage as much as they did on George Floyd and BLM while ignoring all the black-on-black -black murders in cities like Chicago. So what evidence does Ye put forward to support his allegations? Well, it's not very broad. In fact, he mostly draws from his own experience. I'm calling the industry out and saying like, hey, it just so happens that there's been times where I had my lawyer was Jewish, my regulator was Jewish, but like, like eight people that basically would collude and talk without me were in groups saying, okay, this is what the tour is gonna be, this is his next house, and they were making all these decisions, and they're making all this money, and at the end, I was like, I ended my tour and I don't have the money. Now, in all these interviews that Ye has been giving, he's often asked why he doesn't just complain about specific businessmen who have allegedly exploited him. Why does he have to smear the entire Jewish people? Here's his explanation. I've been wronged so many times by Jewish businessmen. And the reason why I say people 
If a black man is caught in the car with drugs or a gun, and there's three other black guys in the car with them, guess what? They're all going to jail. So the reason why I say people is, I want those businessmen, wives, and fathers, mothers, grandmothers, and kids to ask them, why is Ye so mad at us? Because they're taking money out of my children's mouths and putting it into their children's mouths. Okay, let's bring in our guest now, and I'm joined by Wilfred Riley, who is an expert on hate crimes. He says Ye is being anti-Semitic, but probably doesn't deserve to be canceled. We also have uh, Jesse Kornbluth, a uh, journalist for many, many years, who believes Ye's comments only serve to encourage anti-Semitism, which is on the rise in America anyway. And finally, we have Dean Crutchfield, a brand management expert who says Adidas and the others had no choice but to cut ties with Ye. Uh, welcome to the Nexus, all three of you. Uh, Wilfred, I'd like to start with you. Um, I think that there is no question uh, that what uh, Ye had to say in uh, both written and in spoken form is anti-Semitic. He's even admitted it himself on multiple occasions. Uh, that's not the question. The question is, does the punishment um, reflect the, the severity of the crime? Was it right for Adidas and all the others to cancel him? Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting question. So I didn't necessarily say that I think it's bad that he was canceled. What I said is that you pretty frequently see a double standard around sort of cancelable speech. So I think if Ye had simply said what he did about white Americans overall, for example, he probably would not have been canceled. Uh, the Root has an annual series called the Becky Awards, where they break down the most quote-unquote offensive, annoying whites in the USA. So I think there are certain kinds of speech targets uh, groups seen as still currently oppressed, for example, that is punished more harshly. And that standard's pretty significant and is visible here in the USA, in this country. That so obviously if Kanye West had been a Caucasian guy who said similar things about blacks, you would have seen a, a similar response. So the, the response was pretty striking. Uh, obviously, the comments themselves, I'm going DEFCON 3 on them Jews, you know, his, his getting up from table with Piers Morgan, what, uh, Adidas can't cancel me for being anti-Semitic, were pretty idiotic. The question is whether the punishment, if you will, is kind of suitable. Um, and so the I think punishment, that's an interesting question. I don't think you would have... Wilfred, the punishment is that he's now gone from being one of a handful of African-American billionaires in the United States uh, to being outside that group. He's lost, uh, it's hard to estimate, but perhaps as much as $2 billion um, because of his uh, tweets and his remarks. Um, do you think that is excessive or, or is it appropriate? I, I think that $2 billion, and that is an upper end estimate, but in response to him saying, I'm going DEFCON, which is a misspelling. He's, he's saying DEFCON on a group of people is a, a remarkable punishment. And I can't help but contrast it with almost anything else he could have said. If, as a rapper, he had said, I'm going to kill five other black men. If, outside of a few contexts that are currently taboo, he had said something equally idiotic, nothing would have happened. So the question is really about standards of speech. I don't think anyone on the panel is defending Kanye as a brilliant and insightful man when it comes to his takes on race relations. The question, and I'd be interested in the brand management executive's comments here, but the question is, when do you have to take quote-unquote action like this? Is it ever 
necessary. Two billion dollars is a lot of money okay, let, for some guy clowning around on Twitter. I'd love to bring in Jesse Cornbluth at this point. Uh, do you think the punishment fits the crime here? Absolutely. Absolutely fits the crime. Uh, the world is a marketplace. Advertisers and customers make decisions. This decision has been made. This is offensive, and no one wishes to be associated with it. Well, I wonder, uh, was it uh, the marketplace that, that uh, meted out this punishment, or was it people like Ari Emanuel? Because he wrote, he's a very powerful, for those of our viewers who don't know Ari Emanuel, he is the CEO of Endeavor, which is a vast entertainment in, uh, agency. And he wrote in the Financial Times, it's not enough for Twitter to lock the rapper Kanye West out of his accounts. Apple and Spotify, which host West Music, whoever organizes West tours, and Adidas, which collaborates with West on his fashion line, should all stop working with him. The parent company of Parler, the Twitter competitor, should refuse to sell to West. It allows forms of hatred and racism, including anti-Semitism, to spread and become normalized. So uh, is it the marketplace of ideas, as it were? Or is it powerful people like Ari Emanuel uh, telling businesses in an open fashion they must cut ties with him? Look, Adidas' own employees said, we do not support this. This is not a Jew telling anybody anything. This is obvious. It is completely justified. How will we ever know what um, other, other types of employees further down the chain will, will actually make of this? I mean, you're saying it's justified based on what employees on say. What, about, what do African-American employees say? Do we know? We don't know, but it's been condemned widely. I can't believe we're, 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 we're talking about this as if there's any... Why not ask the African-American community if they're for condemning them? The African-American workers who work for Adidas. And the thing is also that Adidas was funded by Nazis. That's an interesting thing. Once finding that out, why don't the you know the Jewish people cancel Adidas? I mean, the people who founded it are the same people who oppressed Jewish people. You know, I, I mean, it's common knowledge that Henry Ford, the guy who made Ford Motors, supported Adolf Hitler. Why isn't there any backlash with that? You know, I'm not on Kanye's side. I'm not. I'm not on Kanye's side because Kanye said some foolishness that asked him to be canceled. Okay? He said some things that are so egregious. Okay? With George Floyd, Harriet Tubman, slavery was slavery was a choice. Black chattel slavery was a choice. Really, Kanye? Really? Like I said, the people... You can't defend Kanye West. You can't. I mean... There is a set of, you know, Jews that, yes, they are in the industry. Yes, you know, but, you know, the black rappers didn't have a gun put to their head and said, you better rap for us or we'll blow your brains out. They had a choice. In that regard, they chose to be slaves. They want to complain about it, but you're still rapping about death premarital sex, getting women pregnant, killing people. You made that choice. And I'm going to be honest with you with Kanye. Kanye is not going to be a freedom fighter. They let him back in the industry. He is definitely going to want to take that money back. He's, if they say, Kanye, all right, 
we'll let you back in. We'll give you back your $11 billion, billion status, which, you know, Kanye was never really a billionaire to begin with. He'll hop right back on. Okay. And all you got to do is just, you know, ignore what you've done. You know, say, you know, say you had a little mishap and stuff like that. He'll go back to it. Okay. He's not a hero. Entertainers are not civil rights leaders. And this man, he's, he's a very disturbed man. Any ambiguity? Oh, we're not. I mean, we're, we're saying right from the beginning, it is anti-Semitic. We all say that. Uh, Ye himself says that. What we're saying is, does the punishment fit the crime? Now, Wilfred Riley brought up a very interesting point about double standards. Uh, he said, had Kanye or Ye uh, said this about white people, uh, it would have gone almost unremarked. Can I just show you an example of where this has actually happened? Let's have a listen to Dave Chappelle, uh, one of the great American comedians, uh, talking about how he was exploited in his contract. And you sit down at a table and you do the contract game. And that's how I got with Comedy Central. I signed the contract. But I signed the contract the way the 28-year-old expectant father that was broke signs a contract. I was desperate. I needed a way out. And it wasn't good money and it wasn't good circumstances. But uh, what else am I going to do, I said. And all these white people sitting at that table told me, trust us, Dave, it's a good contract. And I looked around the table and they all seemed to agree it was a good contract. But what if, what if it was like that game of three-card Monty? What if they were all friends and I didn't know it? Now, Jesse, after Dave Chappelle made those remarks about white people, uh, he wasn't canceled. Uh, had he made those remarks about Jewish people, do you think he would have been? Or would, there would have been calls for him to be canceled? Dave Chappelle is an entertainer. He's not selling sneakers. The fabulous irony here is that um, Adidas has 20 to 30,000 pairs of shoes that they cannot sell. And Balenciaga has a whole bunch of clothes. And the irony is that these will be sold for pennies to discounters, and then they'll probably be moved to uh, the third world and to Asia, where there's not much consciousness of this. And we will see Kanye's stuff on black and brown people. Fabulous irony, don't you think? Well, anybody else is here on the panel is welcome to pick up that point. If not, we're gonna, uh, listen, uh, Wilfred, Wilfred, you're not the first person to make the accusation about double standards. There's a, 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 quite a few African-Americans online, uh, including Ernest Owens, who wrote, fact, before Kanye West was the face of anti-Semitism, he was one of the hip-hop faces of misogynoir, anti-blackness, Trumpism, and slavery denial. And you all gave him contracts, documentaries, endorsements, clothing deals, and millions that became billions. Uh, Dean Crutchfield, why didn't these big companies cut links with uh, Kanye or Ye when he was... That is true. That is true. They didn't cut, cut uh, ties with him. We made that nonsense that slavery was a choice. Harriet Tubman didn't free the slaves. Okay? And not many blacks uh, cut him off either. Still went to his shows, still bought his albums. Okay? Even though when the information came out that Kanye 2018 album, he wanted to name it Hitler. And it came out that he paid a uh um he, he paid off an employee 
after the employee caught Con, you know, experienced Kanye saying, you know, he praises Hitler for how what the work he's done with the German people. Kanye is not someone to take seriously. And is he getting what he deserves? I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. If he really was about trying to get away from this type of cesspool of the industry, he would have left a long time ago. He wouldn't have cared, you know, if he was no longer famous. But he does. And that's a sacrifice he's not willing to make. Making... Uh negative remarks about George Floyd and BLM and uh, wearing White Lives Matter uh, t-shirts, which is, uh, according to BLM, uh, essentially a white supremacist slogan. I, I think that basically the Ye brand is very much controversial and outlandish, and he's made a career out of doing it from his lyrics, his music. He's a talented artist, millions of adoring fans for what was, you know, uh, some amazing music and very standout opinions. I think the difference here is that these are brands that have a purpose and values and they have morality clauses in all their deals with sponsors and major stars and he crossed the line and it basically breached their morality clause but where is, yes, but where, but where is the line dean what line, dean that the immorality uh, immorality clause that you've mentioned why was that not uh, drawn that line when he was antagonizing many many african americans well if i if i was on your show now and i said white men are bad am i racist it might be a bit of a generalization. Yeah, sure. to some extent. The person that's speaking the, that's about the their race, it was wrong. It was outrageous. You know, it, I wouldn't condone it. But what I'm saying is he obviously feels he had license to make those comments. Wilfred Cummings. If we look at BLM, the movement, it's amazing. But Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that there, there's a lot of good stuff there. But just briefly, I think, obviously, if you say white men are bad, that is that is a racist comment in any classical sense of the term, genetic genetically based dislike of a group so on down the line i think that they're okay with it because they already have it established that black people are a bottom class that's it okay it's a bottom class you cannot get away with saying anything racial slur to a to a jewish person but you say it to a black person get over it have a have a thick skin get over it you know, you, you just got to walk it off. That's what they'll tell you. But they won't dare try to say any racial slurs to a Jew. Because they are a protected class of people. This is facts. This is why, you know, I have conversations with conservatives. And, you know, and I just, when they try to say, well, you know, you just got to ignore them. when he's, You know, words aren't real. You know, you just got to ignore them, man. You know, I said, okay, so. Would you say that same thing to a Jewish person? No, you wouldn't. Okay. You have some conservatives, the white ones, and even the, the coonish black ones, they will try to say that, you know, you should let white people say the N-word. Like every black person uses the N-word and comes from the hip-hop, the ghetto part of the black community and uses the, uh, the N-word as a term of endearment. But that's how the, some of the black clown conservatives are brainwashed. But you wouldn't dare tell a Jewish person if he was, if he had a horrible experience of someone calling him a racial slur. Well, you know, you should let people just call you that. You know, you got to grow a thicker skin. It's just words. 
You wouldn't say that. Or if it happened to a, a racial slur towards an Asian or an Indian, you wouldn't say that. They have it already in their minds through mainstream media that black people are a bottom class of people. That's what it is. All right. So let's see what Donald Trump had to say about Kanye West. All right. Okay. All right. So Donald Trump calls Kanye West seriously troubled man in a rant about Mar-a-Lago meeting. Donald Trump called rapper Kanye West a seriously troubled man who just happens to be black after the ex-president was roasted for a meeting this week with the embattled hip hop star and a white nationalist. 76 year old Donald Trump dined with West and a white nationalist, Nick Fuentes, both of whom are under fire for anti-Jewish remarks. At his Mar-a-Lago resort in Florida on Tuesday, Trump had previously confirmed the meeting in a statement to the Post, but said Fuentes tagged along without the former president knowing who he was. Fuentes had said the math, the, the math doesn't seem to add up on Jewish deaths in the Holocaust, but later denied he was a Holocaust denier. Okay. Yeah, Nick Fuentes is He's a racist. Trump unleashed a rant on Truth Social on Saturday. So I help us. us I so I help a seriously troubled man who just happens to be black. Yay, Kanye West, who had been decimated in business and virtually everything else, and who had always been good to me by allowing his request for a meeting at Mar-a-Lago alone, so that I could give him much-needed advice. Trump said. Okay. West, 45, who now goes by Ye, showed up with three people, whom, uh, two of whom Trump didn't know the former president went on. He also said he told West, who has said he's running for president in 2024, don't run for office, it's a total waste of time, can't win, fake news went crazy. Despite Trump's com comments, West has said in a social media video that the former president was really impressed with Fuentes. West had claimed he asked Trump to be the rapper's vice presidential candidate in 2024. Trump, who has already announced his intentions to run for president in 2024, allegedly turned down the offer, insisted West's ex-wife Kim Kardashian, and, and insulted West's ex-wife Kim Kardashian. West 45 had been facing backlash and the loss of business deals after a social media rant where he said he wanted to go death con free. On Jewish people. The arrogance of Kanye West is crazy. You think this man really wants to be your vice vice president when he wants to be in the office. So I'm talking about Kanye West. He's not all the way there. A source close to Trump previously told the Post that Trump himself arranged the dinner with West, who showed up with unplanned guests. This is this is this is Kanye West. You are there to see Trump by yourself, not other people. The, Kanye West is delusional. The question is who added their names to the guest list, the source said. 
You can't just walk into Mar-a-Lago. Someone added their names. That's the thing. Whoever did that has to be fired, though. But Wes wants to do his own thing, and that, that's not how it works. It really isn't. And it's sad that you have a lot of black people that think that West is right on the money, that West is a uh, man of the people, a man of black people. And that, that that's that's not it. And sad to say you have a lot of blacks within the black community and the type of music that West spits out. You know, it's not. It's not music that uh, what people would sense are going to say, yeah, I'm going to go vote for Kanye West. No, they're not. You're like, you're an entertainer. Stay in your lane. That is what they would say. And then you'll have the blacks that do listen, you know, from the hood. They will say, oh, you're hating. You're being a coon. No, we have sense. He Kanye West is delusional. Okay, he just showed nude photos of his ex of his ex-wife staff. Is that somebody you want to be a president? Even trying to run. Think about that. If he could be that petty, imagine what he would be petty with having the nation's secrets. Worse, nuclear codes. Jeffrey Epstein documents to be unsealed, judge orders. A federal judge has ordered documents related to deceased convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein and his associates to be unsealed. In a decision on Friday, Judge Loretta Preska ruled several documents filed in a defamation case against Epstein handler and lover Jessalyn Maxwell to be released amid objections. They would harm the reputations of the people named in the documents. Oh, well. Prescott determined the public interest outweighed the privacy rights of the eight John Doe's named in the documents referred to as Doe's 12, 28, 97, 107, 144, 147, 171, and 183. One of the eight individuals is Tom Pritzker, a billionaire executive chairman of Hyatt Hotels, who said the release of documents connecting him to the controversial financial would cause reputable harm, according to Insider. Prescott mostly disagreed with agreed with his these concerns saying many of the documents were already available in other legal challenges and that their contents did not specifically did not specify malicious actions doe 107 also objected saying the release of documents connecting them to epstein was a violation of their privacy another individual mentioned in the documents is emmy taylor a former personal assistant to jesseline maxwell was also accused of contributing to the sexual abuse of her victims. Wow. Taylor, who is part of another lawsuit, objected to the release. She is also denied any wrongdoing during the time her time working for Maxwell. Judge Prescott said much of the information in the patch of documents is publicly available from the other lawsuit. So her order so she's ordered its release. Judge Prescott ordered documents related to Doe 183 to be made available as well as they were subject of intense media coverage, but intentionally delayed the release until November 28th so that the individual had an option to appeal her decision. 
The judge also ordered the documents relating to Joe 147, who was named to be Epstein's victim, Sarah Ransom, to be unsealed. Preska affirmed Ransom was a sex abuse victim, but said she already publicly testified in another case. Ransom also published a book further detailing her experiences. In addition, she wrote a Washington Post op-ed with some relevant details. The judge said some other information in the documents was already made available in Maxwell's own trial last year, which resulted in a 20-year conviction. The judge did, however, keep some under seal, agreeing to some sufficient interest in preserved sealing. Another individual named Doe 12 in the documents remained sealed as they were not a contributor of the sexual abuse or a victim, Epstein or Maxwell, the judge said. Judge Presco ordered documents relating to Joe 28 to remain sealed as well as the individual is a victim of sexual assault who continues to experience trauma as a result of these events. Media organizations have requested the release of documents which are from 2016 defamation case against Maxwell by accuser Virginia Roberts Jeffrey. The case was later settled. Since the settlement, collections of documents have been released on a regular schedule. First starting, I'm first starting in 2019, days after Epstein's death. Yeah, man, this uh, this is going to be interesting to find out who are the rest of these eight people and what were their dealings in uh, Metal Argo. It's going to be a very interesting uh, situation there when it comes to that. Okay. Next, we got situation with this crazed lunatic that was trying to have another um, situation where a man, I forgot the name of the city that it happened, but he ran into a bunch of people um, during a Christmas parade. I forgot his name. He was sentenced to life in prison. I forgot his name. All right. But this lady tried to do the same thing at a Thanksgiving parade. Let's check it out. Driver from driving into the path of Thanksgiving Day 5K runners. St. Pete police tell us Fox 13's Kaylee Tracy, if it wasn't for the officers stopping Ashley Morgan at the coffee pot turkey trot, it would have been a tragic Thanksgiving. Officers say Ashley Morgan was driving close to 60 miles per hour as she approached the 5K course closed to cars. Officers say she ignored their screams for her to stop and she fled driving onto that course. St. Petersburg police say after Ashley Morgan sped away from officers and onto the coffee pot turkey trot course, when they asked her for her credentials at the Snell Isle Bridge, another officer tried to stop her not too far away. Investigators say she ignored his commands too and drove by barricades, two marked cruisers with their emergency lights on and traffic cones set up for the race. Another officer forced her to stop at the intersection of Brightwaters Boulevard and Lamar Way Northeast. The department sent us this statement, which appears in the police report. Quote, if it were not for the officers at the intersection gaining the defendant's attention and forcing her to stop, she would have ignored all traffic safety obstacles strategically placed at the intersection and barreled through the intersection, causing 
mass casualty to race participants. It is kind of scary because I'm out here, you know, running three days a week, riding my bike a couple days a week. My kids are over here, you know, skateboarding, biking, fishing. So absolutely, it does. It, it is scary. Robert Melson didn't run the 5K, but he lives in the neighborhood. That's pretty astonishing, you know, because this neighborhood is a pretty, uh, it's a quiet neighborhood. You know, people tend to get along here. So to, to hear that somebody would be in that position doing that, it's kind of a little bit unsettling. Police say Morgan also left the scene of a crash nearby where officers say she hit a stop sign. She faces multiple charges, including reckless driving and eluding a police officer. Morgan bonded out of jail last night. When we contacted her, she said she did not want to talk about the incident. According to court documents, she has two previous traffic infractions. They're both for following too closely. Reporting in St. Petersburg, Kaylee Tracy, Fox 13. News. The team that put on the event released this statement that reads in part, on behalf of the North Shore Elementary PTA, we'd like to express our gratitude to the St. Pete Police Department for their quick actions to protect participants in yesterday's Coffee Pot Turkey Trot 5K from a reckless driver. You got I have to give it to the police. I'm very glad that they took care of this situation. I'm very glad. And uh, no one was hurt. I hope this person does get dealt justice, though, because she could have been a, she could have murdered those people. All right, I'm done for now. Anything you want to know about this uh, channel is in the description box. Okay, later.